side here. I'm reading The Essential of Plotinus by Elmer O'Brien on beauty, number four. But there are beauties beyond lofty than these, imperceptible to sense, that the soul without aid of sense perceives and proclaims. To perceive them we must go higher, leaving sensation behind on its own low level. It's impossible to talk about bodily beauty if one, like one born blind, has never seen and known bodily beauty. In the same way, it is impossible to talk about the luster of right living and of learning and of the like if one has never cared for such things, never beheld the face of justice and temperance and seen it to be beyond the beauty of evening of morning star. Seeing of this sort of, of beauty, uh, seeing of this sort is done only with the eye of the soul, and seeing those one undergoes a joy, a wonder, and a distress more deep than any other, because here one touches truth. Such emotion, all beauty must induce, an astonishment, a delicious wonderment, a longing a love, a trembling that is all delight. It may be felt for things invisible quite as for things you see, and indeed the soul does feel it. All souls can say, feel it, but souls that are apt for, all souls we can say, feel it, but souls that are apt for love, feel it especially. It is the same here as with bodily beauty. All perceive it, not all are stung sharply by it. Only they whom we call lovers are ever are. That's the whole thing. I'm reading from Plotinus on beauty again. From the book The Essential of Plotinus by Elmer O'Brien. Number four, beauty. But there are beauties more lofty than this, imperceptible to sense, that the soul without aid of sense perceives and proclaims. To perceive them we must go higher, leaving sensation behind on its own low level. It is impossible to talk about bodily beauty if one, like one born blind, has never seen and known bodily beauty. In the same way it is impossible to talk about the luster of right living and of learning and of the like if one has never cared for such things, never beheld the face of justice and temperance and seen it to be beyond the beauty of evening of morning star. Seeing of this sort of beauty is done only with the eyes of the soul and seeing those, one undergoes a joy, a wonder, and a distress more deep than any other because here one touches truth. Such emotion all beauty must induce, an astonishment, a delicious wonderment, a longing, a love, a trembling that is all delight. It may be felt for things invisible quite as for things you see, and indeed the soul does feel it.
all souls, we can say, feel it, but souls that are apt for love feel it especially. It is the same here as with bodily beauty. All perceive it. Not all are stung sharply by it. Only they whom we call lovers ever are. Thank you. Here I'm going to read from Wordsworth again. And uh, the poem is uh, A Psalm of Life. Tell me not uh, in mournful numbers life is but an empty dream. For the soul is dead and slumbers and things are not what they seem. Life is real, life is earnest, and the grave is not its goal. Dust to art to dust returnest was not spoken of the soul. Not enjoyment and not sorrow is our destined end of way but to act that each tomorrow finds us farther than today. Art is long and time is fleeting, and our heart do shout and brave, stout and brave, still like muffled drums are beating funeral marches to the grave. In the world's broad field of battle, in the bivouac of life, be not like dumb, driven cattle, be a hero in the strife. Trust no future, whoever pleasant. Let the dead past bury its dead. Act, act in the living present, heart within and God overhead. Lives of great men all remind us we can make our life sublime and departing leave behind us footprints on the sands of time. Footprints that perhaps another sailing over life's solemn main, a forlum of shipwreck rather, seeking shall take heart again. Let us then be up and doing, with our heart for any fate, still achieving, still pursuing, learn to labor and to wait. Thank you.